Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. We're going to continue on uh, in our series, uh, our core values series, our values series here. And uh, we're looking at a couple more values this morning. And uh, so last week I spoke to you uh, about continual prayer, local focus, and global impact. Uh, and then prior to that, we also dealt with being spirit-empowered because we want all people uh, to experience God's gift, which enables us to do all that He wants us to do. Because uh, we have responsibilities as follower of Jesus, and we trust in that He's going to help us. And we also talked about Christ-like service uh, that we humbly live to serve, not to be served. Uh, and that's a, a challenge in the culture we live, right? In our, in our, our day and age where the customer service is a big deal. Uh, but but we, we live in a world that where people need God's grace and God's work in their lives. And somehow we can be a part of what he is doing. I believe he has good things in store for us as we keep our hearts open to him. And as we allow him to guide us in our lives. So this morning, we're going to go back to a couple uh, more key values. And these values also come from our understanding of the scripture, they, our understanding of the Bible itself. And, and we, as we unpack them, you need to uh, keep in mind our, our mission as a body, love God, love people, and inspire hope. Because that is a driving force for us. And more than anything, uh, this mission needs to be in the front of our minds and also deep in our hearts because what we value, what we value as an individuals, what we value as a body will have an impact on what we accomplish in life. Because what we truly value will come up. It'll, it's kind of like oil and water. You know, if you have oil and water, if you pour a little oil in some water, where's that water going to go? It, uh, it, the water's going to the bottom and the oil is coming up to the surface, right? And, and so it's important for us to understand that what we value will have an impact on us. Back uh, a couple years ago, maybe a couple years before I was born, or maybe you were born, on, Octo on, on April the 14th, 1912, there was a small ship. It was a twin ship. It was named the Titanic. It had another ship made just like it. But it crashed into an iceberg in the mid-Atlantic and it sank. And, and about four hours later, and so one woman was on a lifeboat and she had requested that they gave her a leave of absence for just a little bit. They wanted, she wanted them to let her go back to her room really fast to get something. And while she, they said, okay, you've got three minutes and that's it. The, 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 the ship was already tilting. It was already coming, coming over. They knew it was a, a goner. And so she goes back. She, she walks back to her room or runs back to her room. She runs through all the money that was laying on the floor in their gambling room. And she runs through and gets to her room. And uh, what did she pick up? Oranges. She picked up three oranges. Now, you would have thought that she would have picked up the diamonds, the diamond necklaces, and the things that she had there that seemed to be of value. But here for this woman, she made it back with those three oranges because she knew that, knew that food was important and to sustain her. And here she is in the face of death. Her values 
seem to come up more clearly. It's kind of like that oil and water. The oil comes up to the top. You're going to see it well. And, and sometimes when we li are living life, it's important for us to be able to recognize what is really important. Uh, may maybe we should live with that kind of attitude. What we, what we value is actually shown in our actions and, and how we respond in life and how we respond to things around us. And what what you value today will have an effect on your tomorrow. So let's, let's unpack a, a few things here this morning and, and the, on these values that we hold. But the first of them is one that we, we really have to digest a little bit because it's really multifaceted. Uh, and and we, uh, we hold to this and it means something to us. I, and I know this body does. But, but this is it's not a one-sided value. But the first one is this, faithful generosity faithful generosity we will give of our time talents and finances to minister to the needs of others with love and you guys showed that in such a powerful way in these last few weeks uh, as uh, we came together uh, to to do some replacement of, of some equipment that we needed to replace acts chapter 2 verse 44 to 47 says this, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to, uh, to anyone who had, who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in, temple, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God was doing a very special work at that place in that time among God's people. And, and when, you, when you hear how the early followers of Jesus interacted with, with each other, it really is kind of refreshing. It's encouraging. And, and, and we understand they, these guys aren't all perfect. These guys don't have it all going, right? But, but they spent time together and they cared for one another the best that they could. And they found ways to serve and interact with each other in ways which were meaningful. And, and it seems like when they had the ability, if people were in need, they tried to help them. And I'm sure that there were times that they did not have that ability. But, but, but if you really look at the Bible and see how they related here in other passages, it doesn't seem like they demanded people to meet other, others' needs or situational needs they, they seem to do it out of care for others. They did it because they cared. What they were doing was showing love. They were showing love towards others. And faithful generosity is about loving people. It's about loving one another and caring for one another. And this is part of our mission is love people, right? Sure, love God, love people, inspire hope. But, but there's a love people part. It's not about showing off. It's not simply to be seen by others. We can find occasions in the Bible where God corrected people who were doing something to be seen, and he does that, doesn't he? Uh, and so because that, that's not the right kind of motive or the right kind of attitude, it wasn't something the Lord liked, and he didn't want people just to simply be showy to, uh, in showing love. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul tells us over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, these words. He said, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, 
for God loves a cheerful giver. And Paul had, he had been encouraging uh, the, the Corinthians to be generous people who are willing to help with some serious needs. But, but the last thing he wanted them to do was to give because they had to. He, was, he didn't want them to, to feel like they had to do it, like somebody was twisting their arm. And he goes on to say in, uh, in uh, chapter 9, verse 12, these words. He says, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So we, we see here that he, he reminds them uh, that uh, this specific need was, uh, was what it was in which it was to meet the needs of people. And that's setting, that's what they were dealing with. And here it, here it is that we find loving people again. It's like Paul was saying, be generous because you care, not because you have to, right? We want to be generous because we care. And don't feel forced to give, but out of your love for God and your love for others. Uh, remember, we aren't only talking about money or funds. It, it also includes our time and includes our talent uh, and those skills and sk uh, gifts that God gives us in our lives. I don't know, may maybe you remember this. Do you, do you remember the first time maybe you went and bought a, a pack of baseball cards? Maybe you paid a nickel or 50 cents or a dollar or I don't know what it is now. Lord only knows. It's probably, I don't know, a couple bucks now. I don't know. Uh, or, or maybe you bought your first hairbrush. When you did that as a child, you, you go, you, you do that, and, uh, and you probably, you may have had this uh, feeling like I'm giving away my last arm, my, I'm giving my arm away uh, to be able to, get, to buy these uh, cards or to buy this uh, brush. And, uh, and so, you know, you're a child, you're, try, you're figuring out the value of things, right? You're understanding what, what things are important or what things cost and all those kind of things. And so, so uh, maybe you were kind of the kind of child, you were glad to give the money away just so you can get the thing you wanted. You know, everybody, their personalities are different. And so one way or the other, uh, you started learning the value of things around you. And there came a point when you realized some things are more valuable than others. The first time you got lost in the store, you know, th things are different now, right? But I, at least when I was growing up, you know, as a kid, you can get lost in the store. You get lost in the store. And if you had those baseball cards or if you had that hairbrush, you would be glad to lose that if you needed to, if that's all it took for you to get your family back, right? See, th those things, we find out what is valuable, what matters? What are, what are really the key things in our lives that are important? And I'm sure that you value generosity because you value loving others. Uh, and that's important. And keep, keep in mind that it, it's more than financial, uh, although it includes finances. And a faithful generosity also includes our time and our talents. Uh, and because that, that can be challenging, right? In today's world, we get busy. We get, we get busy. Now, when, when the COVID thing happened, people kind of slowed down a little bit. Now, those in the healthcare didn't. They ramped up. But, but for many, they slowed down, and then they thought, hey, this is really good. I heard a lot of people say, this has been really good. It's been healthy to kind of slow down a little bit. And so then people got right back ramped up, full tilt, full, you know, just well, full throttle. They were going. 
And, but uh, we have to realize that our time is important. When I lived in West Africa years ago, there was, I remember uh, a guy who was an engineer from West Africa. His name was Mark. And Mark was a great guy. And here this guy had spent all this money to go through school in a place where it was ex expensive and not easy to do that. And, but this guy would take time off work to go up into the mountains into a more remote area. I went with him one time. And he would go up in this place, take his time, and take his time and his skills and his ability that he paid a lot of money to have, and he would look and help this, this group of people to make sure that they had water. And he went through the process of building a dam for them. They weren't familiar with all the things that it takes to that. It sounds like you just dig a hole, but it's a lot more than that to keep it from washing out and, and then trying to keep the water there and then to pump it out and all that. This guy spent his time. You know, he could have decided this is my time. It's my talent, and, and I had to pay for my education, so why should I do that for somebody else like that? See, we all have opportunities to be generous, but sometimes we focus so much on our own needs and our own wants that uh, we miss out on the opportunity to be a blessing to others. And here it, it comes back to love. It really does come back to that for each and every one of us. Uh, and, and our vision is to love God, love people, inspire hope. It, it's completely fitting here at this point. Why don't you turn with me to Mark with me. In Mark chapter 12, verse 41, uh, the Bible says this, and uh, it's, it tells us about an experience that Jesus had at the temple. And it says in verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And many rich people threw in large amounts. But but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. And calling the disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, uh, out of her poverty, put, every, put in everything all she had to live on. And we understand that that's worship. That's what she was doing. She was worshiping. God said, this is what I have, God, and this is what I give to you. We understand that is what she was doing as she was generous, but she was worshiping. And, and here we find the financial side of generosity. It's, it's really interesting. Those who had a lot of extra they, to live on, they dumped in large amounts. But maybe they were grateful to the Lord, but, but they were, and they were, may have been worshiping the Lord themselves. But it was just different for her than it was for them because they didn't really, it didn't really stretch them financially and put them in a hardship. Uh, but when you, when you have this woman there who call, was called a widow, that meant in her culture she did not have much of anything to support her. Uh, she didn't have social, social security. Remember, family is uh, social security for them at this point, and they didn't have all these other options out there like we do today. And so she's stuck in this situation, and if she's a widow, that means she didn't have a husband to help her, and maybe in this situation she didn't have kids to help her. I don't know. But, but, but then you have this lady in this situation, and, and I would say that she was uh, more than generous in her giving. And she gave out of her love for God, not only because she had extra. 
Yet there, there's still another part of being generous for us in our lives. And it's uh, even out of giving out of our comfort level. And, and so, so many of us have been uh, generous in giving towards uh, uh, the, the replacement of our furnace in the chapel. You have done so much, and that is wonderful. And without faithful, uh, faithfully generous people, we wouldn't be able to accomplish all that God has put in front of us. But you guys have made that happen by the grace of God. And sometimes being faithfully generous means giving up our own comfort or so someone else can have relief. Think of those who are in an emergency and they give up their comfort to go help others who are wrecked in a hopeless situation. We've seen people over time who have done that. That's why we try to support Convoy of Hope and help with the things that they do because that, that's important. There's, there's so many needs that happen, especially on the coasts and such, and when tornadoes come and those things, we see that kind of thing. And, and they're generous, and they're willing to give, give away their own comfort. And we all need to ask ourselves, am I becoming a generous person? And I pray, I pray that each of us will grow to become more generous in every way. But finally, we need to look at our next value here at Topeka First, and that is this one, compassionate justice. Compassionate justice is we will treat everyone as God's masterpiece, not by their circumstances or choices. It's something that we have to learn to do. Sometimes we jump to conclusions not knowing all the truth, and it's important for us to be able to look at others and to consider the needs at hand. One of those things that we must consider if we're going to talk about real compassionate justice is treating the unborn child as God's design. So regardless if they were the choice of a parent or if they were unplanned, they have great value from conception. And since God values them as procreation, we must value them just as we value ourselves. See, if, if we're going to speak of real justice in our world, we must not ignore the lives of babies. True compassionate justice includes treating the unborn with care and respect, not just as another tissue. These things are, these are, this, are this is real world stuff, real world justice, compassionate justice. Uh, human life is special because we are created in the image of God. The book of Genesis tells us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. That, when we see that part, be fruitful, that's, that's the procreation part. What God set in order, his plan. And then, then we find in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 139, verse 13, it says, For you were created, uh, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. If we're people who are, are going to be compassionately just, we must support life and organizations that help those with unplanned pregnancies. Uh, there are some solid ministries and organizations that work to help mothers uh, who are not sure what direction they need to take in their life. 
and uh, they're just unsure. I know that uh, there's a, life to, a Lifeline Pregnancy Center who serves those in this difficult time in their lives, and uh, there's another one as well, but they, they are one of those organizations in our area that have values similar to ours. And uh, what are some other ways uh, that compassionate justice re really reveals itself? Uh, one of those is to treat all people as God's masterpiece. It's important because God created each and every one of us in his image. Doesn't matter tall or short or wide or narrow, what, whatever we're like, doesn't matter what our skin color and all those kind of things. Uh, what we're, we're people. God created us in his image. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it, I like the way it says it in the New Living Translation. It says, and this is speaking about especially for those who are born of the Spirit of God. We understand that. Those who have come to faith. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. And I have to say that God, more than anything, wants people to put their faith and trust in him. We know that's so important. And you can be the, the masterpiece of God that he has, he has uh, uh, reformed, remade in your life. God wants to work in each one of us. It's, under, it's important for us to understand. Every person matters. Doesn't matter who they are. Every person matters. Every person. Each person matters. Is there a person that doesn't matter? Not in God's sight. He, Jesus said, the scripture says, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. See, that says something to me. Because sometimes what happens is we get the idea that that dude over there, he's so mean, he's so ruthless, there is no way God could love that person. That's absolutely false. We could say, that woman, she is the worst woman I've ever seen in my life. She doesn't deserve anything. And see, those kind of things, we hear those things. Th those things really are spoken at times. We hear people say those kind of things about situations and, and people's lives. But, but Jesus gave his life while we were yet sinners. That's what we were. We were a wreck. We were a mess. And you say, ah, I wasn't that bad. Well... I don't know. There's something else here that we have to consider about compassionate justice. And we find that over in Isaiah, and we'll look at that in just a minute. But there's, there's no question that you can find Jesus relating to people with compassionate justice as well. Because especially in John chapter 8, we see it there where he, the religious authorities brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, an act of sin, and Jesus actually set the law aside in her case. And he dealt with it justly with grace. It was a mixture of grace. And I bet some of them were really stressed out about it. And probably some of us here may be stressed out about it too because she didn't follow the law. <laughs> she, she didn't follow the law. Did Jesus? He gave her grace. And he told her simply, he followed justice because he said this. Then he told her to simply go and sin no more. So he said, you didn't hold it up now. We're giving you grace. But now we're saying, 
quit doing that stuff and turn to God in your life. So listen to what Isaiah says to God's people. And he really hits these five tough questions. And if you really look at what he's saying here, Isaiah chapter 58, let's look at verse 5 together. should be on the screen for you. And these are some questions. It says, is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a, uh, a chosen only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? And then if you want to look at the, these following questions here and kind of the difference there, and he goes on to say uh, in verse 6, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice? And to un untie the cords of, uh, uh, cords of the yoke? Uh, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your, your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you, see, when you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? It's, it's kind of like God is saying, don't simply be religious. Don't simply do a nice fast uh, and, and do all that, but, but look at what Isaiah says will happen if we live out our life in his way. He says in ver verse 8, he says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your, and your uh, healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. It's really a strong statement that he says, a strong response here. If you want God working in your life, live out your faith and live out with compassionate justice. Treat each other with love and compassion. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, uh, uh, Luke records these words. He says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. He's talking about the body of Christ, right? These believers, they've come together and they're, they're hanging out together. And, and the fact that the early church was willing to spend time together a lot, from what we see, they did that a lot. It shows that they were willing to treat each other, not by their circumstances, not by the choices that they had made, uh, and, and so that's, that's key for us. And now we know that, they, uh, that they, they had their struggles. God was doing something in their lives and they were growing. And that's what's important for us is to be growing. We may have struggles in our lives. We don't want to stay there, right? We don't want to stay in that place. We have to be able to break through that and we have to continue to grow. And that means a little bit of work on our, on our side, right? It means we have to go through some things and allow the Lord to help us and we have to ask his help and we have to walk with others so that we can grow. And you can find it in the New Testament in several places in the, in the scripture where, where Paul writes about their struggles and Peter writes about some of the struggles they had in the book of Hebrews all over uh, but, but when you value compassionate justice, it will change the way you relate to others. I know those words can be hot in our culture. 
They can be a hot topic, and we have to be careful, and that's why we have to clarify what we're saying here. It's important. We have to be compassionate. We have to be just. We have to be compassionate and just according to the Word of God. The Word of God is our rule of faith and practice. It needs to rule our lives. It needs to control and to guide our lives so that we can move forward in the way that God would have us to. There have been times over the years that people have come to the place uh, uh, in their faith in Christ when, when they have broken those habits, they've broken those spiritual patterns in their lives. And we need to be those that allow God to help us break those spiritual patterns in our lives so that we can follow him in a powerful way. I knew a guy like that. He passed away in 2017, but his name was Sal. Sal had been a heroin dealer in, in the community. Everybody knew him, but they knew him for the wrong reason. But that's what he did. And, and, and he had lived a very rough life, but somebody shared with him that Christ could change his life. And Sal gave his life to Jesus. His life was changed. I, I did his wife's funeral. And Pat, she was a, she was a wonderful person too. And they had walked through some things, but God had done something. And he, God had broken some habits in his life and, and helped him change the way he lived. Sal left that old life behind him and he turned to follow Christ, serving him for the rest of his life. I'm sure that it, that it took those around him to help him to walk through that too, to come out the other side. Sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves so that we can come out to the other side. Until we're honest with ourselves, we're just going to stay in the same place. We have to be, we have to be considerate and, and, uh, and caring and not continuing to treat people according to their circumstances or choices. That's not an easy thing to do, is it? It's really not an easy thing because sometimes we have things in our mind. We think that it should be this way or that way, but maybe it's not working that way. We have to work together and try to find out ways to move forward together. We have to, uh, to, to, we have to trust in God and we have to work with one another. And we have to keep in mind that we've all made big mistakes, right? That's why Jesus, when he came, he came for those who made mistakes. Interesting, 100% of all people. You may say, well, I was never that bad. Well, the fact that you have uh, not done maybe what, maybe what Sal has done or what some others have done in your life uh, doesn't necessarily make you a better person than them. Really, we've all sinned in different ways, and God has God's word tells us that all of sin and fell short of the glory of God. We know that. That's the word of God. It's a reminder that we all need him, but it doesn't give us license to stay the way we were. We need his help to be able to move past where we are. And, you know, there's no better time than now to recognize our need for him. Our need for the Lord. See, no matter how good or how bad uh, we've been, God is always willing to treat us with love and with compassion because he cares for people. He cares for us. That's why Jesus came to give his life for us so that we could have a relationship with God. And he wants us to live with compassionate justice ourselves. 
treating others well. He, he desires that we live with faithful generosity, giving of our time and talent and our finances to minister to the needs of others to see the kingdom of God advance. See, God calls all of us to turn to him in faith. We just have to admit the fact that we have messed up and need the forgiveness that only Jesus can bring. He can bring that for us. And we need to look to him and put our trust and our faith in him. And we need that forgiveness. We need that grace. The Bible says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's important for us. We need him. We need the strength that he gives. We need the hope that he gives. We need the forgiveness that Jesus provides. But then we also need something else. We need to be able to live out of what God has done inside of us in the world that we're in. So we have to be able to be just. We have to be willing to be honest with people. We have to be willing to live out our faith. We have to be faithful in our generosity. Those things mean so much in our world. If we're going to live out in our faith in this world, it means we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to live it out well because people know if we're real or not. People see enough already. They say, "Oh yeah, I saw that hypocrite." It's interesting. It's almost hilarious to me at times. It's not. But when people in the world that are not followers of Jesus said they're a hypocrite, I know many, I know many non-believers that are hypocrites themselves. Uh, that's a fact. And you probably know them too. We just don't use that terminology with them. But for us, we don't want to be named that. We don't want to live that way. We want to be the kind of people that live in the way we say we live. Because Jesus has done something in our lives. Let's be who God has called us to be. You know what? In fact, I believe he's got it in you. I believe it's there in you if you will dig down deep and trust in him. Put your faith in him first and foremost and then allow him to live his life through you because he has a plan for you. You, you may say, Pastor, you don't see me. I get up every morning and I see myself in the mirror. Yeah, you may. I see myself in the mirror too. I'm going to comb my hair, right? What there is. We do presence of God in the presence of God all those other things pass away we have to recognize that hey he's there to be able to help us to become who he's called us to be not just to be who we were today we want to we want to be changing being transformed more into his image let me pray for you this morning father we're your people the sheep in your pasture, Lord God. We, we are those who are in need of you and your presence and your grace. And Father, we ask you just to help each and every one of us, Lord. As we endeavor to follow you and to follow your will, Father God, we yield our hearts to you this morning. And there may be some here this morning that may say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I want to encourage you, give your life to him. Say, Jesus, here I am. I give my life to you fully work in me. He'll follow through and he'll help you. Keep your trust in him. Father, I pray that you administer to each one of us today. As we step out of this place and as we maybe go to watch a football game or go to do this or that or Father, that we will keep our focus on the right things. 
Father, that we will allow you to work in us and transform us. Help us to become compassionately just people. Help us to be compassionate and to be just, Father God, in how we live. Help us to be faithfully generous, Lord. Help us to live out our values, Father God, but help us to be followers of Jesus, not in name only. I don't want to just be a follower of Jesus in name only. What good is that for anybody? Father, may we be people 